Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sister. We are back, and we are with our most favorite person. <laughs> you mentioned we every about. week. <laughs> you, you've heard her mentioned. She's been on a couple times, but in the very beginning, and so we were like, it is time. It's time to bring her back, and it is Miranda Yay. from Marketing with the Uninhibited. Mm-hmm. I have to say really slow. Um, you've heard us talk about her a lot. Um, Jenny and I have both utilized her services. She's amazing. Go follow her. All of the things. We love her. We are so excited that you're oh, back, thank you. Miranda. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I feel kind of nervous because I haven't been behind the <laughs> the microphone or the camera in a while. You know, I just started my podcast again. So it's like kind of getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's a zone. It's yeah. a definite zone uh-huh. you have to like get in. <laughs> Yeah, and they were making fun of me because (laughs) when people come on, I don't know what to do with myself. I feel very awkward. So I do a little like – It's very Christina. And correction, I was not making fun of you. I said, (laughs) I like that you do that. (laughs) It is so cute. You weren't making fun of me, but – Drawing attention to the fact that I guess I always do that. So yeah, go in our stories and do it so they can see what you're doing. I will. I will. I'll just I'll clip this part out. But we're so excited to have Miranda, and we, like I said, we mentioned her in every episode. But for today, we really wanted Miranda to come on and talk about. Well, Miranda's uh, specialty is marketing. So Mm -hmm. marketing in general, like how do I? relate my brand out to the world, to my target market. Mm -hmm. And she's taught us all a lot about that. And so if you haven't, if you haven't been able to tell, and maybe you have, like June is a a slow month for Mm -hmm. anybody who has a gift kind of um, creative if you're a maker of a gift item, I should say, like it's mm-hmm. it's slow because people are traveling. Um, I think people have already bought their stuff for their trips, and so not like they're they're just in prep mode of trips. Um, but on top of that, it's just a weird financial season for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So we thought Miranda could come on and just give us all her wisdom and all of her knowledge about how to, um, I mean, how to how to maintain your shop. During, yeah. during those times. And how to not yeah, let it like eat you alive when your worries yeah. are spin all your stories are spinning about how it's just going under. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a the perfect place to start because that was the first thing I was going to say is like um paying attention to your thoughts during this time. So um really like it, 
repeatedly telling yourself that it is slow or people aren't buying is not always helpful. I mean, we have we have the data, right? So we can lean on the data and we can get the honest, true facts from the data. And if you, you can look back in your business and you can see, see that June historically is slow. And even if this June is maybe slower, just reminding yourself that this is a season of business that you always go through. Um, and that can like really do wonders for your nervous system to just like remind yourself that you're okay and this part of the business is okay and it sucks like when you you have to pay your bills and you have finances and overhead and um and like there's a real immediate need for for income and for sales but beating yourself up and like you know just worrying i feel like the worry and the stress that cre- creeps in then leads to desperation and this is mm-hmm. when um when i i just released a podcast episode talking about getting out of um survival mode because when you're in that survival mode and you're desperate and you're grasping for straws you don't have the the bandwidth to like see and think clearly and put a plan in place and that's what you need to do you need to take a step back assess maybe even enjoy the downtime. Like um, I just had, right? Yeah. Like, can you just enjoy I mean, and that's hard to do if you need to pay your bills, but. I I feel like that's something, I mean, you have really taught me from the beginning. (laughs) Like tracking my numbers is huge and looking back at each column and be like, oh yeah, this is, this has a little dip and that's normal. And that's why like we set aside money to reinvest in the business because- you're probably going to need that in the slower months. Like that Mm -hmm. is reinvesting in your business to save it for when it's needed. Um, But also with the numbers, like I like to also journal what I'm feeling about my business each Mm -hmm. month because that Mm -hmm. I'm such a feelings person. So that helps me to go back like every June and look like, oh yeah, yeah, I always feel a little bit of this, like nothing's working. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think it pairs with, I mean, most of our lives, like, take a little bit of a shift in June, you know, like, summertime Mm -hmm. is just different in patterns and rhythms. And I think we the residual effect of that is we feel like everything's out of control. But I think it's helpful to go back and look at the numbers and look at um, anything you've recorded about your business to know that it's just like part of the pattern. Yeah, it's part of the pattern. And you can lean into that part of the pattern, like preparing for it. But maybe this year you didn't prepare. Maybe you're just like learning your ebbs and flows. And then um, that's where you can get creative. And I feel like if you're stuck in survival mode, it is so hard to think like, how can I have fun right now? How can I be creative? Like, I've, I've had some boxer messages of clients recently, like, in tears telling me, you know, they're drowning. They're, they're like worried about money, but they're busy. So how do they have time to even focus on anything else? Um, and that, that's a hard place to be. It really is. And we all know it. And the, the only thing I advice I can give them is to start saying no. And so like, whether it's to start saying no to these, opportunities that are coming in that are not necessarily aligned with where they want to go, but they're so worried about money that they don't want to turn it away. But then their mm-hmm. schedule is so full of the wrong things yeah. that they never have the space for the higher ticket items or the, the right things. So saying no um, and having, so maybe that's like number two is like saying no, learning to say no, because then you can make space for some of these other opportunities or just having fun. Like look around if it's slow, look at your fellow business owners locally and see what can you all do? Like Jenny and Christina, I feel like you do such a good job of pivoting and 
coming up with ideas and like launching new things into the market. Um, so maybe you guys can speak to that a little bit, but like, how do you pivot so quickly? Mm-hmm. Are you good? <laughs> It looks like you were. Go ahead. Well, we've talked a little bit about this before of is there something in your shop you can make digital Mm -hmm. um, that might not take money to buy inventory or whatever it is? Because my question that I wrote down when you were talking before was like, what is the most practical things to cut Mm -hmm. when you're trying to pay your bills, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that look like? And it might look like different for everybody. um, But that's kind of where my my mind goes. Mm -hmm. what, What can you cut so that either you pivot or you cut so that you know, you survive. I know we're trying to get out of survival mode, but mm-hmm. so that June and July, you do maintain like at least being able to pay your bills and then, you mm-hmm. know, gift season's coming. So, um, and, but I don't know if you have advice over like, what are practical things that people can say, well, saying no to like, maybe not this month. Maybe I don't do that. Yeah. This month. Um, I mean, as far as saying no, the biggest thing I see is like people taking on Instead of going after the work that they want to go after, like the bigger, so mm-hmm. let's say, um, I have a specific example and I, I don't want to use it because I don't specific. want it to be, <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's just say like you, if you're a service provider and you have different, I mean, I know it's all makers here. So let's just talk about wholesale first individual products, right? So like you're worried that the individual shop sales are down. Can you shift to go to wholesale instead of taking on like one more custom order that's not going to, you know, mm-hmm. have the profit margin that you want it to have, mm-hmm. but and only you can decide. So you have, if you have the time in your schedule and you can open up some of those custom order slots and that's going to be beneficial to you. Um, but not if you're going to resent it. And that's the thing mm-hmm. is like, I think understanding the numbers so you can understand how much flexibility you have and like mm-hmm. understanding, do you have to say yes or no to this thing if it comes to income? Um, but on the side of streamlining your expenses, I mean, when you have overhead like a shop, the first thing that comes to mind is just cutting your hours back. Like, do you have mm-hmm. to be there? What are your summer hours look like? And we just had this conversation with... Um, another shop, uh, because part of what they're working on is, so one of the things I wanted to mention was making connections too. And so, but you can't make connections if you can't afford to hire help to stay in the shop because the shop is not making money and then you have to be there. And so it becomes this vicious cycle. Um, so how do you put things in place to free up time so you can go do some more higher level activities, I think is really Mm -hmm. what we have to get to. Yeah, I actually have a perfect example, example, so you don't have to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Like, I used to embroider, and I hated embroidering. Like, just so so many things about it I hated. Um, But, like, I can see if I embroidered now, if someone came to me and said, I need this embroidered, if I needed the money, I would do it, right? Mm -hmm. But then I hated it, and it would burn me out, and it took Mm -hmm. a long time, which is part of the reason why I hated it. So that's keeping me – that would, if I said yes to that, is keeping me away from things that actually push me creatively or, like you're saying, like making connections, being able Mm -hmm. to do more of the things that I like and that could uh, 
exponentially help me financially versus these embroidery orders that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's perfect. And like the, um, the, the problem there is like that it's sucking your creativity, like you said. And so mm-hmm. then there's nothing left to give back to your business when you need to be. This is the time that you have to be creative in the business. And so um, I also find during these times, like it's so helpful to have someone in that is an entrepreneur that you can call and you can cry to or... <laughs> Complain I heard to, that on or, your episode this week. Yeah. You're like, make friends <laughs> in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. Because it, no one else understands like that when, when you get to a month like June and you have to like start over, it feels like you're really going back to ground zero and you have to build up your clientele or at least like nurture them through this season, right? Because they haven't gone away. It's just summer. So people right. are out. Right. They're, They're traveling. They're things. And that's yeah, but I go mm-hmm. ahead. Oh no, I didn't really have any. Okay, because mine's like a new spiral. So <laughs> okay, good, good, go. Because uh, I'm <laughs> listening to you, and I'm thinking through of actually like things that I always say no to that maybe I should say yes and dive into like why I don't like it because I think it's more of a personal mm-hmm. fear, less of like I don't like it. So mine is the experience stuff because I don't I'm very much a homebody and like to be by myself and don't like yeah. I can I can socialize but it drains me. But I think like I wonder if I dive into why that feels so like, why don't I want to do that? When that would be like an easy way for me to make up sales in the summers because people really do, they are hanging out with friends. They want to do experiences. Mm-hmm. They want to um, like come out and do something, whereas they're maybe not gift shopping right now. But mm-hmm. I like, I've tried to do that a little bit of instead of adding to my hours, like doing it when I'm already there, like the candle bar, letting people come in. But I do wonder like why... Like how much of our personal, because I know we've mentioned like sacrificing and stuff. Like how, Mm -hmm. when do we like push ourselves personally and not? (laughs) Like when is it? I don't know. I think I should do more things just because I think I'm scared of it. Not that I don't like it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I wonder too, Jenny, um, and I'm just talking out loud right now. If, uh, in the, for our target markets who are mostly moms, women in their thirties, forties, people who like to shop and to your point, like they're having these girls nights because they're with their kids all day and then they want to go hang out with the girls. Like, I wonder if night hours would be beneficial to, and not just like reserving a party, but just being open several nights a week. Yeah. Um, for mm-hmm. those people to come, like last night, that's a really good point. I last night I hung out with two of my best girlfriends, and I don't know if it's the same up there, but down here everything closes so early, mm. and so we went to eat. We we of course we were with our kids all day, so we didn't meet until seven. But then the restaurant closed at nine, and we were still like we ha- we haven't seen each other in a month, right? Like we're still catching up. We're trying to find something to do, um, but. We we just sat in the car and talked for for however long. And so I'm wondering too if like that could be an option where people come do their girls' night and do that together. Yeah. 
but in the in the summertime it may be more of an evening yeah I don't know that actually makes a lot of sense of how like Mm -hmm. rhythms shift so why don't our hours shift Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. and what I like about that too is that you keep your uh customer like in the forefront of the experience or the narrative so it's now like the business is kind of evolving with them like you said Jenny and and because what will happen in the slow months is like that panic sets in and now it's all about you. Like, how are you going to make your sales? How are you going to pay your bills? And then we lose mm-hmm. sight of the fact that our customer should be the hero in the story and be the forefront of the narrative. And so if you can shift it back, put the perspective or the light back onto that customer and put them at the forefront. And then it's saying like, how can I show up where they are? And so that could just be where mm-hmm. they are, like mentally, socially, this time of year, they want to hang out. Like, so I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Um, and to your point, Jenny, like trying to navigate, like when to push yourself and when to not, I guess, I think, I think the answer there is like, if you're doing what you've always done and it's not working anymore, then it's time to do something new. And in that, I mean, and you can do baby steps, like take, maybe it's not, you know, hosting like a a giant workshop, but I feel like Jenny, you have done that with your four parties and your, um, you have sprinkled them in, you know? And so the other thing too, is we can limit things. So like you can open up the books for like five or three or two or one or however many you feel comfortable doing at first. It doesn't have to be just unlimited like chaos and I think our brains that is that is so helpful and I feel I this is reminding me why I love working with you is because that's my (laughs) mind are like I'm hearing you talk about nighttime hours and I'm already like okay I'm gonna have to like convince the girls at the shop why we have to open yeah I'm like thinking they're like all these nights but like why not try it one night and see yes like that's so helpful to try things in small chunks Mm -hmm. yeah but I was, that's what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking like only night out. Oh my time. God. I'm like already like, <laughs> oh, here. okay, so how do I shift that? <laughs> I'm thinking so like, so I just actually heard some data that Tuesdays are the new Fridays oh. when it comes to happy hours, like when work happy hours. Interesting. Nice. They cannot explain it. The only thing that they were talking about could influence it is that people are going into the office Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm, and so mm-hmm. they've had this long weekend. They will go to the office Tuesdays. Every, everyone's like, let's hang out. So like that's the only thing that's making sense to them. Mm-hmm. But they used data from several like East Coast restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said like happy hours were up 20% more than Fridays. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. And like, I don't know. But so my like hearing that data, I'm like, well, I should try a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Like and see if that works the same for for you know moms who shop. I don't know, but yeah, I that's think just that a little sprinkle of data. Well, it makes sense, and also with the summer schedule, people are traveling maybe Thursday mm-hmm. through Sunday or mm-hmm. long weekend trips. You know, so mm-hmm. they're just not around at home on Fridays. Mm-hmm. I did a um, I'm going to host a workshop in July, and I did a poll because I was thinking like for a lot of the makers and some of the other industries that I work with it seems like Mondays are the admin days for people. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. always host workshops on Thursday evenings. That's just like been my default. And so I thought like, oh, why don't I do a Monday like 
10 a.m. and maybe people will be home. Like yeah. you can put your kids in front of the TV or maybe they're at camp or, you know, and everyone voted like that they would be, yes, that would work for them. So it was mm-hmm. really interesting to see how that shifts. And it, I bet it, it works for now, but maybe not once we get back into the fall season. You right. Know? Yeah. So I think right. um, like brainstorming like that and really like thinking about what is your customer need? What do they, do they need a wine night in the middle of the week to just like, or just a space like, yeah, like come mm-hmm. hang out and shop. Um, there's also a lot because business is slowing down. There's a lot of networking and a lot of connecting happening. So if you have a shop and you can host that, or you can mm-hmm. get connected with some of these local groups that are hosting like your local chamber yeah. that does networking events or, um, whoever they're networking all types of events you know and they need a space to host them mm-hmm. what do you okay um, so networking because mm-hmm. that's yeah. like if I'm gonna pair two things I avoid at all costs right. it's like <laughs> <laughs> the experiences and socializing and networking because really so that mm-hmm. that is so I need to go to Dr. Leslie and dive into like <laughs> why don't I like talking to people because I can do it I don't know why I like mm-hmm. I'm so fearful of it but um, what – this is totally off topic, but what do you – you do networking a lot. And, like, what are you supposed mm-hmm. to say at networking? Because the ones I've gone to, I feel like it's just, like, oh, hi, I'm Jenny. And then it's, like, <laughs> there's nothing, yeah. like, networking. Like, what is a good protocol to, to, like, set yourself up well when you go to a networking event? I think that's a good question because it just – it can be so nerve-wracking. So, one – it's going to be hard at first, especially like I went to, when I first started my business, I went to all of these networking events and you certainly will find those that are like stuffier and people are going to want to interview you like on the spot, okay. you know? Um, so maybe that's not, and you can leave. That's the thing. Like you can leave at <laughs> yeah. time. No one's like checking attendance. You can go to the bathroom and never come back. Like, yeah, no one, it, these people, I think we just have it in our minds. Like, if you go, you had to stay the whole time and this, and it's not like yesterday I went to one and my bra was uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm out. like, see you. I'm sorry. I felt like this woman next to me thought I was really not being very friendly because a couple of things she asked me, I was like, no, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. Okay. Also I'm like running out of here as soon as this event is done, but it was just my bra. Um, so I, when you go and you need to have a conversation, one, like, have your elevator pitch down and just like, so a few words about you and just remember these people may or may not be your target market. So going a little bit broader is, is a good thing because you also want them to ask questions because that helps them engage. Um, so just introducing yourself, your business, and then what you do like very quickly. And then you can also insert like who you serve, but as a storefront, you can just say like, I'm co-owner of this storefront. Here's the types of things we provide, you know, and then leave it at that. And then they'll likely, hopefully introduce themselves and you, or you can say, tell me about you, you know, and then hopefully from that, there's some questions that one of you wants to answer, um, or ask, uh, and then it flows. And sometimes like I went to a big, a big alumni networking event. First of all, I felt like a dinosaur. That sounds like like my nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She graduated in 2021 and I like stopped in my tracks. (laughs) <laughs> that's so that, when did you graduate yes, that like, all like the boys coaches and stuff in high school all are like way younger than me and that's always very yeah. awkward okay it's so weird but so that I mean at that event 
once the casual, like, what do you do? This is what I, you know, what I do chit chat. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go chat with other people. Nice to meet you. Okay. That's a great, that's, I'm also awkward at that part. So you just like, it's just kind of expected. You do your little spiel and Mm -hmm. then, okay, nice. Move on. Yeah. Unless you're really hitting it off and you feel like, oh, I want to sit down with this person, okay. you know, but it's like other speed than dating. that. Uh, yeah. It is and like so speed is dating. the benefit to networking, like later on, some something's happening and that person thinks like, oh, I met that girl that makes candles. Mm-hmm. And yes. then they, so that's so like the, you're looking at it as like, a, a marketing it's expense marketing. on yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's like the, so let's say Jenny, you went to a networking event and you met a real estate agent and she was like, Oh yeah, I, maybe she, she works with first time buyers. Right. And she puts together gift boxes, which by the way, we never got one of those, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'm still oh, so yeah, salty about yeah. it three years later. <laughs> I don't know that I did either. <laughs> No. Okay. But there are real estate agents out there that put together these welcoming gifts when their clients buy a new home. And so in that case, maybe a conversation starts about that. And you're like, yeah, I do custom candles. And then she says, well, could you put my logo on it? You know, and then you just never know where Mm -hmm. that connection will lead or someone there who wants to host an event, but they don't have a space to host the event, you know, or they have a friend who is wants a custom candle for, you know, whatever event that they're throwing. I mean, it's just really going to that event. I, I also think people need to lower their expectations with networking. Like you're not just going to get paid clients. You're not going to come home with like a list of paid clients, but you will come home with some contacts. And my goal is just always to have exchanged contact information with a handful of people. So like cards or Instagram or whatever, you know, however people are following each other. Um, And then you also keep open to like, so I'm in this phase where I'm ready to onboard a virtual assistant. And so I happened to go to a local networking event like a month ago and this woman introduced herself and she does virtual assistant work. And I, that was the day that I had decided, like, I'm going to start looking into this. And then there she was. And so, you know, it's just, you just never know what's going to come up or how you can help someone too. So it's also networking is give to get. So like you may have connections for someone there that maybe they're new to business and you're like, Oh, talk to this person, talk to this person, you know, check out, start Mm -hmm. something studio, like, you know, so just, and then what that does as a business owner too, especially for anyone in the service industry, but it just provides value to your brand because Mm -hmm. like you're now connected. So the, the connections that I have help my clients because I'm able to refer them. And so that is valuable mm-hmm. for my business to have that mm-hmm. network of individuals that I can reach out to. Yeah. Cause I think mm-hmm. like when, if our shops or businesses are slower right now, like networking is something cause during the gift season. So like fall, I don't have time. I'm like making and working the shop, but in the summer months, like that's something I feel like, I could invest my time in is doing more networking and meeting people because then when I need to pull on those resources later in the fall, I'll have built those relationships. So I've been like thinking about that, but I haven't gone. (laughs) Um, The other thing I'll say is there are online networking events too. And so there are a couple um, communities like I can share, you can put them in the show notes that I've attended. And so, I mean, that, Online tends to be a lot more like online business owners, like um, service providers Mm -hmm. and coaches and things. 
But again, you never know what those people need in their business or who they're looking to buy from or hire. And so it's just getting the exposure for your business is not, it's not bad. And it's good practice for your elevator pitch. (laughs) Miranda, for your July class, I feel like you need to put a funny tagline and be like, Jaws optional. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm so buried yesterday. I will join. (laughs) Bras and wine. Bras optional. B-Y-O-B-A-L. Okay, so that was like its own episode within an episode. That was so good about networking (laughs) and getting your name out there. So let's go back to Mm -hmm. uh, what we were chatting about, about what to do during the slow months and how you might have to put in a little bit more. I mean, Jenny just said it. You might have to put a little bit more um, into it. During these seasons, that the actual making or the actual processes slow down a little bit. Yeah, I think the um, the other thing to keep in mind during this time, if you like, what you're doing now is going to impact your business three to six months from now. So if you think about that timeline, we're coming into the holiday selling season, like the end of the year. So what can you do now to make an even better holiday selling season. So then maybe you can plan a little better financially for the next slow season Mm -hmm. and really thinking ahead. And I, and again, I know that's hard for people who need like the immediate cash flow. And so if you need the immediate cash flow, this is where pivoting and doing a workshop or online or offline or, um, renting out your space or just getting creative with the offers you have. Like if you have a, offers in your back pocket that you don't really love, but you think like, okay, I could take on a few of these for now, you know, just to generate cash flow, then do it. Open your books for this time. And you can, all of this comes down to communicating with your customer and letting them know this is a limited time thing. You know, it's the summer months. We're going to have some fun. We're going to do something different and we're going to try this. And that also is like, it's a great time to experiment. So like if you The other thing I'll say is like really understanding your numbers helps you to decide whether or not it's actual survival mode, right? Like, because it, not all cases it is like it's slow and we don't enjoy that, but is it like really life or death right now? And so if you can take a step back and relax into that and then just see what comes up. So I have a client in the equine industry And every year she panics a little bit about taking, um, she travels with her family quite a bit in June and July. And every single year she comes back in August with a brand new idea. And it's like, yes, amazing. And then, you know, like she's launched whole other parts of her business because of the time off. Like she repainted the interior of her house one summer. And then she's like, you're never going to guess what came to me while I was painting my living room. Like, what? You know, and so I think people underestimate the value of the downtime too. And that blank space on the calendar, it's so good for you. Mm -hmm. Like you, we're not meant to be busy, busy, busy all the time. Like you can't operate creatively or innovate when you are so sucked into and plugged into everything all the time. And so it really is a blessing to have the downtime. Um, If you know, if the stressors aren't there. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I actually had like a moment of reflection of this yesterday of just like having gratitude that this is my job and that I have Mm -hmm. 
I love what I do. And then like showing myself it's okay to stop and pause because I have built it really well and it is moving and going. Mm -hmm. And that like taking time off or taking these breaks or just like stopping the hustle for a little bit is good Mm -hmm. and healthy. And it doesn't mean like everything will crumble because all the systems I've built are good. I think it's like reframing pausing is doesn't equal bad or like that you're Mm -hmm. not working on your business it's you like you said about your client like it gives you time to recharge because we are human and we're supposed to do that to like get creative again and um I also liked the part you said about telling your customers it's an experience experiment because Mm -hmm. I can kind of move into a place over I feel like I need to be professional and like Target. Yep. But then that's what separates me from Target is be emailing them and being like, hey, I'm going to experiment and try this thing one mm-hmm. night. And like people relate to then you as a human business versus like a yes. corporate machine. So I feel like that. I like that too. Just going to them and being like, hey, I just want to try this. See how it goes. Yeah. And not feeling and like can, everything always can... has to be polished. Exactly. And you can also invite them into the conversation. Like if you're going to try something new and I think you both do a great job of this in your businesses where you do polls and you like get their feedback on certain things. And they, they enjoy that process because I mean, whether or not they're traveling, they're going to be on their phones this summer, you know, and I know, um, like engagement is down too on social media for a, a lot of people. And so just remembering like to deliver value when you show up in these places too. And that goes back to centering it around the customer and making sure like you remember that they're on the other end of that device. Like it's not just about you selling this item, but it is about how that item impacts their life for the better. Yeah. Those are all really good. Really, really good. There was one more I was going to say, and now I can't remember, but yeah, I think those are all like, like understanding your data, figuring out whether or not it's um, survival mode, truly or not, experimenting, trying like pivoting, um, opening up the books for limited time things like those are all great opportunities. And then just leaning into it and limiting your hours if you can. Um, you know, and people are really scared to limit hours. And I understand that. But I'll just yeah, I always defer back to the numbers for that, too. You know, like, does it make sense? For you to be there or would it make more sense for you to be able to go out and network or you know do something else or just spend time with your kids um so this is kind of like an insight into what it looks like to work with you where you somebody comes to you with a complaint about what's happening and you kind of walk them through what are some things that we can try and navigate and also taking it back to like their what goals they've set with you of like, "Mm, this doesn't really line up there with what you've communicated with me. Yeah. And there's only so much I can do as a a coach and a consultant, you know, like I can't force people to say no or force people to make the the right decision or to try something new, new, you know, I can only be there to support and to guide as you navigate it. And I think just remembering something that's helpful for me because I've worked with different coaches 
at various levels of business over the years and that the problems don't change. You just are like at a different level. You're making, maybe you're making more money, but you, so learning to navigate these things really gives you the tool set to be able to continue to navigate them because the journey of entrepreneurship is hard and it is peaks and valleys in this roller coaster. And the, you, there's a level of grit and tenacity and persistence and endurance that has to come with choosing this path and not, I mean, and I think sometimes there's a hard conversation there too, because like you open, once you open a shop, right? Like that's a huge goal and it's so exciting and you work, everything is working towards opening the doors of that shop. And then the reality sets in and now you have staff and now you have overhead and now, you know, like, and then Christina, you, you and Melissa made the hard decision, right? To close the shop. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, reminding people that at any point they get to not choose this. Mm -hmm. There's always a choice. And so whether it's pivoting the business and closing the brick and mortar or adding a revenue stream, you know, so I think this, it is going to be difficult sometimes, but knowing for me, it's just helpful to remind myself like, Oh, this is part of it. Like I, there are days where I just will check indeed because I'm like, I'm freaking tired <laughs> of like going out here. Yes. like, And, you know, so let me just see what's available. And then of course for marketing, you know, they are going to pay you like nothing and they want you to be a graphic designer, copywriter, expert things. strategist, like all of the things. Um, and that's a good reminder too, mm-hmm. for people is like you, you are not meant to be all the things in your business. And there will be a, there's a point for sure where you have to figure it out. Like, especially if you're in the beginning phases and you're bootstrapping it, but the goal is to not sustain that forever. Mm -hmm. The goal is to get to a place where you can hire experts to go do those things and put people in place. And the other thing I think people forget is like, you can hire someone to manage the business side of things. Like if you don't have to hire a social media, you can hire above you and like hire a CEO if that's what you want to do or a CFO. And so I think um, just remembering that there are so many ways mm-hmm. to grow your business. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's helpful is getting inspiration outside of your industry. So I worked with another maker yesterday and, um, she was talking about like, she's very into hats, like, you know, like wide brim mm-hmm. hats and, um, there's a company she really likes. And then she told me as a consumer, she's been observing her behavior and their launch process and how they're like building it up before yeah. they launch a new seasonal collection. And then, you know, just like really observing the whole process. And then she actually bought something and I'm like, why'd you buy it? Why do you say, you know? And so it's a great time for that too to go seek inspiration. And Jenny, we always talked about beer, yeah, you know, but like there's so many. And I, Marshall's in a cigar club, and I always reference that too <laughs> because they do such a good job of their um, with their marketing and their sales. And so it's like, yeah, going to find inspiration, seeing how other people are doing this time of year. Mm-hmm. Like people are buying things for sure. There's money being spent. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like maybe shaking it up. Oh, go ahead. I was Christina. just gonna say, going back to me and Melissa closing our shop, is we we had to basically mm-hmm. go through these steps that you've been talking about. And when we got to, um, like what our original goals were and why we opened it versus the pivots that could have happened to keep it open, though mm-hmm. our goals were not going to be met. For instance, one of our goals was 
we started with three owners and it was so that we could have our shop, but also still be present at all of our kids' school things and be really involved with them, their sports teams, all of that. And so one of the pivots we could have taken was being open more, being open longer hours, kind of experimenting with that. But for us, we weren't willing to even pivot on that because that isn't one of the Mm -hmm. goals we had set. And so I think it's important for people to, um, and I talked with Miranda through all of that. So like she helped me get Mm -hmm. to that place too. Of Like that's not why you started your business to be, up Mm -hmm. there all the time. And for some people, they're willing to pivot on that, right? Like I would rather get to a point where now I can hire out people being at the shop if I have to work for just a year or whatever it is to get to your Mm -hmm. shop to that point. Um, For ours, people didn't know at the time, but Melissa was also pregnant. And so it was just one of those things where we knew like the the caseload, what we would have to do, like we just couldn't Mm -hmm. do. And so um, anyways, I think that that's important too for – I don't know where I'm going on that, except that like do all the pivots and it may be really short term Mm -hmm. that you have to do a pivot, but you can also say like, "Mm, not that pivot, but you have to be Mm -hmm. willing then to maybe get a lower income or um, Mm -hmm. switch it where the, it looks different, how we were saying of like digital products or uh, workshops or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that ties in nicely to the conversation we're having before like right before we started recording about sacrifice and, and really, I think that's part of aligning your business with your goals is figuring out like, at what point are you no longer going to sacrifice those things? Mm -hmm. You know, where, where's the line? Where do you draw the line? And it, it depends on so many factors. It could be an amount of money spent, you know, like that you've invested. Um, There are so many factors, but I think time away from family really becomes the biggest thing. And even for the businesses, like, um, I recently worked with, um, a business owner, she has a seven figure business and she, so you would think right at that level of business, like amazing, like people aspire to have these big businesses all the time. And she's like, how do I spend more time with my daughter? Like she has a, and she's in an industry where she's in high, like she is in high demand Mm -hmm. and her business has been built around her as a service provider. And so if she's not in there, she she has hired on some help, but they're not her. Right, they're paying for and her. The clients are not. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, trying to in that case, it's like okay, the goals have shifted. Like she hit the income goals, and that that's good. Mm-hmm. Now the goal is to spend more time away from the business. But so it's a pivot then to some online stuff, like um, you know, some workshops, clinics, that type of thing, and then a couple other like creative revenue streams she wants to pursue. But um, the, so the goals shifting, this goes back to like having the tools, like to navigate the downtimes, but then also really the tools to figure out how you achieve your goals, regardless of what that goal Mm -hmm. is. Like when she came to me, she said, I don't have a big ass goal. I already did that. Um, I just want to stay home more. <laughs> and I said, oh, <laughs> yeah. And in my mind, that is a big ass goal. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, the goal is, is not always monetary. Like we've talked about this success mm-hmm. can mean so many different things. And I think being open to the pivots into the evolutions of business, like you started it one way mm-hmm. and now you've grown and you know, so much has grown. It makes sense that your business would grow and evolve too. And so I think, um, it's okay to change is something like people 
they get, you know, everyone, it's just natural human nature to get comfortable doing the same thing. But if it's not working or just not working for you, then it's okay to mix it up. Yeah, I agree. We were just talking about that actually when Christina was here that how it is hard to not compare your business to other people's businesses, Mm -hmm. but just to remember that everybody has different goals for their business. Like I, I love my business, but I'm very satisfied at this point in life to have a very like average salary (laughs) just to like Mm -hmm, contribute to my family to do something I love that I, so I'm still in most of the business. Like I do have some teen girls that come and help but with behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff. But like I feel very content and happy where that is. And I know that mm-hmm. um, actually Miranda, you and I had talked about that when Trevor was like going mm-hmm. into his senior year. I was like, this is, I feel like I'm in such a um, like milestone year these next, I don't know, six years as my kids graduate mm-hmm. that it's important to me to be in that with them and like experience that because then I know once that's done then that's an another season to evaluate like maybe I do want to ramp up my business again and Mm -hmm. you know have a different goal and what Christina and I were talking about is that can get overwhelming when you like see all these other businesses that you maybe started around the same time or have become friends through the business Mm -hmm. just because they're doing something different or it looks like they're opening multiple locations and it, it looks like different and bigger than yours. That doesn't mean anything. Like we need to like stop mm-hmm. absorbing it and making that mm-hmm. mean. And I'm talking to myself here, mean any level yeah. of like anything of success. Cause we, no. that is the beauty of small business is like, we decide what we want it to be and what we mm-hmm. chase after. And there's no like, levels and rules of like who's where and who's happy or whatever so and it doesn't take away from you having anything Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's what people get worried especially like looking around at your own industry like oh they're doing this like um there's still more like their your people are still out there and there's still like more customers available you know there's not some like cap that an industry hits where it's like oh more that's it like yeah no more you know and I think that's a real fear that people have and I know um sometimes I have to remind myself of that too like even in the networking I was doing online recently I swear like every every person was like I'm a marketing coach I know right like what this is what is happening you know and so I had that moment Two where and I also think that it's good sometimes because it sends you back to the drawing board. And for mm-hmm. me, it was like, okay, what do I need to say to help me stand out in these rooms? Because set I know apart. some of these people, like yeah. they would say, like, yeah, to set myself apart. Like, um, and I know for me, it's the experience and like the clients that I've worked with. And so some of them would say they just started their business three months ago, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're we're good. Like, congratulations. <laughs> what do you? What can I help you with? You know. Um, and so just reminding yourself, like. Their success doesn't mean that it doesn't take away from you. I suggest that all. you add on that you are a marketing coach, that it's bras optional. I'm just saying I need a bra sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like a, a sports bra sponsor or something. Yeah. I just feel like that's something exactly. like so random that someone would be like, 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Fine. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> well we're so excited you came on obviously we've talked for like close to 50 minutes and you guys can probably see why we love Miranda so much um she's easy to talk to she's easy to vent to and like the collaboration (laughs) like I feel like Miranda whenever I talk to you even if it's over Instagram Messenger or Marco Polo my favorite or however I talk to you like it feels like and this is probably because you're a marketing coach, but I'll say like one thing, you say one thing back and then it just sparks like, sparks Mm -hmm. creativity, sparks ideas, sparks, at least for me, like an attitude of like, yeah, I can try that. I mean, even how Jenny- (laughs) Like empowerment. Yes. Like like an empowerment behind my business. So that's not something that can be taught. That's like, you're just naturally good at that. And, um, we love you if you can't tell from all the times we talk about you we love you but we're just so thankful that you came on and shared your expertise with us oh thank you so much for having me i appreciate that and all the kind words thank you if you love the podcast we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review every positive review helps other small business owners to find us remember don't do life alone we're better together For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.